2: your fantasy football show my name is danny heifetz i am joined by danny kelly and craig Whirlback, who Woo. spent he's three episodes on injured reserve but we've activated him he's back at practice craig how you feeling i feel refreshed
3: i feel ready to go my muscles have been lubricated wow he
4: also d- he didn't actually break his toe for people that were worried we were just making an Aaron Rodgers joke.
3: Full disclosure, I actually I was traveling, I was on vacation, I was on the East Coast. I did not listen to the Sunday and Monday Oh, episode. yeah, who
2: listens to pods while you're traveling? And there must have been no opportunities <laughs> while you're on a plane or in cars.
3: Uh I was watching the horrible Seahawks Washington game on the plane. However, yeah, I started to get tweets fun. about people saying, like, show me your toe. What Craig, how's your toe? And I was like, Did they say I had COVID toe? Like, what did, what do these guys say to me? You'll have to go back and listen. I'm not yeah, gonna I guess tell so. you.
2: I'm just mildly insulted. You didn't listen to our podcast while you were gone. It's fine. It's just all about you. It's okay. All right. This is Wednesday. Every week we will be power ranking something on Wednesdays. Today we're power ranking um, all the episodes Craig didn't listen to. No, we're power ranking the biggest (laughs) wildcard players for the rest of the season. The X-Factors. I hope everyone listening, every single person has seen the It's Always Sunny episode where Charlie's the wild card. If not, I recommend it. But I forgot that that was also the gas arbitrage episode where they were like they found a $3 gas station and well, Gauss was five, so they were trying to do it. Anyway, Charlie becomes wildcard, and he's like, wildcard, wow, bitches, and cuts the brakes to the van. That's kind of what we're rolling with here today.
3: Yeah, we're two weeks away from the fantasy playoffs. We have week 13 coming up, week 14, and then typically in most leagues, 15, 16, and 17 are your fantasy playoffs. And there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys who are question marks right now who you don't know what to do with. You can't cut them, but they're not for sure starters, and we're going to try and help you figure out what to do with these guys. There's a big
2: range of outcomes. They could give you three. They could give you 18. They could give you 20. It's like they're wild cards. It's like they could cut your (laughs) brakes. Wild card. Wild card. Also, I just, it's again, they're like having Charlie swallow the gas to get it to a different gas station. Like Charlie, you swallowing the gas. He's like, of course I'm swallowing the gas. (laughs) You're eating our profit margins, Charlie. All right. Let's just get to it. First of all, you will hear, we're going to go these couple minutes at a time. It's power hour. If you know power hours, you'll hear this sound. Tom Tom Club. Hell yeah. Shout out Tom Tom
3: Club. DK, say something. What's up? <laughs> I was just
4: waiting to get into this.
3: <laughs> have you not seen It's Always Sunny? It's like, Is that the problem?
4: I, I forgot to watch the clip and I have not seen that episode. It's you guys right. told me about it. Um, so I didn't have anything to add. I was like, um, you know, in Major League when it's like, got anything to add to that, Charlie? No, not really. Perfect. <laughs> not the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. That's me. Anyway. Silence
2: is golden. All right, well, you can start us off right, DK. Give us the number one wild card for the rest so wait, of the So, wait, I'm supposed to
4: talk on this podcast? Okay. Speaking of... You don't have to. The, the Washington versus Seattle game that Craig was watching on the airplane. Uh, yeah, Russell Wilson, he sucks now, apparently. He, or he's really just not playing well currently. Um, Since coming back from his finger injury, which apparently he came back from too quickly, he has scored 5.6 points, 8.5 points, And then on Sun or on Monday he scored nineteen point four, which is I guess yeah. But the
3: nineteen point four, I mean, can we say that like what we do the deceiving yards category every once in a while? Yeah. The nineteen point four is the fakest nineteen point four I've ever seen. It's like Tim Tebow level fake fantasy points. It
2: was. There's garbage time, and then there's Russell Wilson driving down for that that end game drive. mm
4: the Seahawks got the freaking uh onside kick. They were had it they were gonna have a chance to like do a Hail Mary and then it was like illegal procedure, which is just Ugh. like uh, I of did not know that that was a Of course.
2: I knew they changed vaguely kickoff rules. I had no idea a guy had to be like inside the hash. If you don't watch this game, I no, don't even know. I don't to know I
4: never heard Hyfetz, there are there's eighty-eight pages in the NFL rule book. Actually, Carol did not
3: know the, that for sure.
4: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, anyways, so the problem with Russell Wilson is the Seahawks offense like genuinely sucks right now. They can't move the chains. Uh, that means they don't have enough plays. Like, obviously, you need plays in order to get yards, in order to get fantasy points. Russell Wilson's just not doing it. There was a point uh, in this game where the Seahawks got five straight three and outs. That's not <laughs> ideal. They've done that now in two different games. But
3: well, they tied the season high of five straight three and outs with
4: the Seahawks. The Seahawks.
3: <laughs> Oh my God! Are you kidding me?
4: They've done it <laughs> twice crazy. this year, which I think no other team has done. Um, it is
3: pathetic. But
2: that's like of design. That's crazy.
4: Yeah, it's not good. Um, the Seahawks have run the fewest plays in the NFL this year by over fifty, which is like almost a whole Egregious. game's worth for what Seattle is doing. That's Seattle's averaging fifty-four plays per game. Uh, so Seattle's averaging fifty-four plays a game. Take that compared to the Ravens, who are playing uh, averaging seventy-one uh, plays per game. Um, and then just like apply that to the fantasy realm. Obviously the the opportunity there for like fantasy points for all the different people in this fantasy um, on the team that, are, that we use in fantasy is just not there. It's a wasteland for fantasy
3: at this point. Um, Can you play Russell though in the playoffs? Yeah, or- let's cut to brass tacks here. I mean, they're playing it. They're playing San Francisco this week and Houston next week. If you have two crucial weeks in fantasy, Tom Tom's playing right now, but we're going to blow past it. Cause the next guy's DK Metcalf. We're making this like a whole right. Seahawks thing here what do I do? Do we, do we think the finger is an issue or is this Russ mentally? Or is this the whole team is out of sync?
4: Uh, Pete Carroll says that it's not the finger. Um, I Just think there's the probably, maybe there is something to do with the finger. Like he's definitely airmailed a few passes in the games where it's like, yeah. what the hell is going on? But then he's also made really nice passes, like deep down the field. Like he looks normal at times. Um, someone, so one of my friends on Twitter brought this up. It's like, and, it, and it's kind of like, yeah, I forgot about this, but like, it's really true. Like Russell Wilson does this. He he has a slump every single year almost where it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. And you can tell almost immediately from the start of the game, like he's just off today. It's just not happening today. Like the Seahawks offense is going to be terrible. Um, and the fact that this is happening again is worrisome. However, obviously, there's this like siren song where the, like it's Russell Wilson. Like he could still easily bounce out of this. He's got DK Metcalf. He's got Tyler Lockett. You know, their backs are against the wall. Maybe they finally start to put it together here. And, well, that's and obviously- what you tell
2: yourself. But, like, dude, you mentioned D.K. Metcalf. Okay, the last three games for D.K. Metcalf, he's at, like, 6.7 and then
3: 2. He yeah. Yeah.
2: Had- Went 59 minutes without a catch last last night or last whatever day it is. I can't. Who can He's keep doubling track
3: his fantasy points with Geno Smith per game than he is with Russ. He averaged 17 <laughs> with Geno, nine with Russ this year.
2: We got a couple emails from people that sum it up. One, we got an email from John that said, League context, I just got a hard no on a trade offer where I offered DK Metcalf for Hunter Renfro. <laughs> like,
3: that's John. <laughs> oh my. Dude. God.
2: Like, <laughs> it's come to this.
4: That's tough. That's tough. And they tough. were in the
3: same, those guys are in the same draft class, right?
2: <laughs>
4: yeah, oh yeah God, I think yeah. so with AJ Brown
2: <laughs> Sawyer wrote into us that said basically he only needed tonight's he needed money football three points from DK Metcalf and he couldn't get couldn't get it he's like Traquan Smith hit that quiz Watkins hit that Tavon Austin hit that he's not even he's Tavon even Austin he's yeah. rostered zero percent of leagues Tavon Austin hit it so Sawyer's like the DB Cooper award for the biggest disappearance needs to go to Metcalf who hasn't had double digits since week eight and then also Sawyer wants Danny Kelly, DK, to stop rooting for the Seahawks because he's worried about the stress <laughs> on DK's life I appreciate and how that'll that. affect Calvin's childhood. And then Sawyer also wants Pete Carroll in the burn book. I think all that's accurate.
4: Sawyer is worried about the next generation. He's worried about Calvin. He doesn't want the Seahawks negativity to like affect Calvin. I appreciate that very much. Also, Heifetz, to be clear, he wants the DB Cooper Award to be renamed the DK Metcalf Award. Oh, that's which that's is brilliant. brilliant.
2: Wait, also give us another two minutes. We got to go. This is the end of the Seahawks era. Like, I, Tom Tom will understand. Like, yeah, the, yeah. I, I felt like the Seahawks died on one. Like, the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson Seahawks died. The first half was the Legion of Boom. The second half was the Russ Seahawks. And, like, I felt like this era died. It has to be Russ or Pete. They cannot run this team back next year.
3: Well, do you guys believe in, like, so if, in terms of fantasy, the, so the Seahawks are now three and eight. They're practically out of the playoff picture. I guess theoretically, yeah. maybe they're not. DK, does that, like, affect the way that, the Seahawks will play football. Like, do you trust Russell Wilson in this offense now that they're essentially aimless and have no purpose? Or do you think they're still going to play, you know, hard now, and try and, w- I
4: think they're going to do the same shit. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this I is agree. Pete Carroll. Like, he's like, I'm going to do things my way. Like he said this coming into the, uh, coming back into the NFL. Cause obviously he was at USC for a long time. And I read his book. Like he says in his book, like the biggest problem I had uh, in previous sense in the NFL was like, I didn't have enough power. Number one, like you know, I didn't have control over the roster or whatever. Um, But also, like he just allowed outside influences to affect what they were doing. And he's spoken about this many times. Like stick to your guns. Like you have to do what you think is right. You have to do what you do it the way that you want. It's like um, do things my way. You know, like the song. It's he. He just really believes that. And so, no, I don't think they're going to change. Like this is their DNA. This is who they are. And also, like frankly, um, with the way Russell Wilson's playing, like. Uh, how? why would we expect them to all of a sudden just like start lighting it up I guess you know what I mean I, I'm just not confident um, with this team right now and I think that they have terrible vibes like the vibes are off really really off everybody's mad at each other it's just speaking it's of vibes at,
2: though in terms of playing people, I don't think you want to play Russell Wilson right now, but I, I, DK Metcalf's harder question, but do you guys know about the DK Metcalf when this streak started for him of him having single-digit games? The foursome, baby. The foursome. Did you hear about this, Greg? <laughs> Did you hear about the foursome thing with DK Metcalf? I don't think so. Okay, so what? there's this story. Oh, basically, boy. a uh, an OnlyFans model posted, it, Tom Tom's perfect background for <laughs> this, uh, an OnlyFans <laughs> model put on, a, I think, an Instagram video or a story where she basically explained that she had, you know, DK Metcalf had messaged her and he had like, you know, she had gone over to his house a couple times and, um, he messaged her late one hook night it up. Yeah. and she's driving okay. over and then he messaged her on Snapchat. That's like, actually just turn around. And she's like, what? He's like, actually can come over. I'm trying to have a foursome. Like apparently now, he was at here, a bar. Here's what
4: happened here, I think if it's, you, you messed up the story a little bit. Number one, she was like th- several hours away from DK Metcalf and he was like, Hey, come over, let's hook up. And so she started driving. And then like an hour or two into the drive, he texted her and said, Actually, don't come over. I've already got two other girls here and there's no room for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there's no room for you. And or then like something. he
2: changed his mind. It's like, Wait, what if she So did she turned come? around
4: and left like cause he didn't have room for her in his uh, threesome that was already happening? Um and actually uh Adam Leviton from uh, Establish Run was pointing this out. This is like the reverse Bible narrative. Like maybe Russell Wilson's punishing him because he's a sinner.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, um, no, I think that then he did want her to come back. And then she was like, no, it's good to have a foursome. <laughs> but here's the important part. Since this happened, he's only averaging 28 yards per game. But most importantly, since this happened, since he failed to get a foursome, he's averaging three and a half catches per game.
3: Wow! Which is just under four. Oh. How did how did Right this become between three and four?
4: She posted about it on online. Yeah, she had like a, he, ne- like a he video. never explicitly denied it. He did. It's funny because like that day or the next day, he posted a screenshot of his like Netflix account and he was watching. He and he goes, I guess it's as good of a day as any to watch this, and it was all dogs go to heaven.
2: Yeah. <laughs> also, like you got if you look at his comments, a lot of teammates have like commented like. I forget who someone was like, Hey, you want to play in our foursome this weekend? We're going yeah. to like this golf yeah, course. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I think people are making fun of him for it anyway.
4: Anyway. So the, but the
3: bottom we're line pushing is our fourth Tom, I Tom think here. we should move
2: on from the Seahawks. We're not playing no, either wait. of these guys, I guess. Well, yeah, we didn't
3: even get to the actual question. Is, is Russell Wilson even a, is he a top 12 quarterback regardless of opponent at any time?
2: Until this offense doesn't run the fewest plays in the NFL. I agree.
3: So even against, they play Houston in two weeks. No,
2: they played Let's see how he plays this week. This like week. you want to see him play well. <laughs> I mean, you probably have a better option. There's a lot of quarterbacks. And then what about DK Metcalf? Yeah, I I I understand if you want to bench him again. It's what DK said. They run the fewest offensive plays in the NFL, and they have the most three and outs. Like, doesn't that answer the question? Take the names. I think, out of I it.
4: think in the past, like the, here's the here's the context. I think is important. In the past, like the Seahawks have always been kind of like a low volume offense, or uh, apart from like the, the re- let Russ cook era where they they wear high volume, but like mostly in the last few years it's like you're relying 100% on wilson having outrageous efficiency because that's who he is it worked because it's wilson um, but now that efficiency is out the window so you not you neither have volume nor efficiency you can't count on it there's always a chance that he's going to go off but i would i'm just not willing to take that risk right now
2: the argument for dk Metcalf is that we're talking about dk Metcalf not getting the ball so russell will probably fix that next week by right. forcing it anyway but it's the same thing to me about names I'm going to number three. It's, it's appropriate that we took, like, four rounds of Tom Tom for the foursome conversation. Yeah, we're anyway. drunk now. Yeah. Number three fantasy wildcard for the rest of the season. I think it's Saquon Barkley, and I think it's mm. kind of related to the DK Metcalf thing of he's not producing, but he's got a big name, and he's mm-hmm. really talented and physically gifted, and so you feel crazy for benching him, but, like, he's not produced. And, like, the Giants are infuriating. The Giants, like Seattle, this is an awful offense, and Saquon hasn't had double digits since October 3rd. Obviously, he was hurting that, but, like, he hasn't looked great since he got back. And, but really, Saquon's like Joey Gallo for the Yankees. I know I'm not talking to like the most baseball heavy people here, but it's like if you follow baseball, everything's trending toward three true outcomes. It's like home runs and walks and strikeouts. That's Saquon is a runner. Like he just looks for home runs. But like, the, the, right. the st- I, I found this stat and it kind of blew my mind. But it makes sense if you watch the Giants. Saquon is 39th in carries over the last three years, but he's second in carries that lost two or more yards. Mm. which is crazy. Like he almost has as many negative, like two yard carries or more as Derrick Henry, who has three times as many carries as Saquon over the last three years. Like he's just look so, but here's the thing. He doesn't hit the big home run plays anymore. He did it as a rookie and he had a high ankle sprain in 2019 and he has not had the home runs. He's like a home run hitter. Who doesn't have home runs anymore. And he's kind of just not the guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the perfect example. He's like the sunk cost fallacy as a fantasy football player, where he's the most difficult player to probably sit, even though you maybe should. If you have two decent running backs ahead of him, probably a guy that you can sit because he gets like six, seven, eight points a game now. But because you drafted him like you know ninth, twelfth, thirteenth overall, it's really hard mentally to get over that hurdle.
4: I'm, yeah. This is the end. At the end of the day, like you have to. I'm going down with the ship, I guess, because I'm still playing him. Like. That I just can't sit him at this point. And it's
2: hard for us when people ask us start sits questions, it's hard for us to be like, yeah, Bench Saquon, he goes off. We look like fucking idiots. But like yeah, yeah. we're getting to the point. I, I you need to see it soon. Because if you don't, you start to feel like, well, when is the good games? Ugh. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Number four fantasy wild card, Craig has.
3: Yeah. Speaking of when when is the good game coming, it's Jerry Judy's number four. Jerry Judy since coming back from his ankle injury has posted, here are the fantasy points he's posted since coming back. Five, nine, eight, and three. Poor. I mean, this guy's not a starter. He has zero touchdowns on the year. And it's, it's probably not Jerry Judy's fault. I think we can all agree on that. Jerry Judy's really good. It's it's the Broncos' anemic offense. It's it's Teddy Bridgewater, who's they're just not throwing a lot. They're super balanced. They run the ball a ton. Uh, they play good defense, low scoring games. Bridgewater's 20th in completions per game in the league. Um, and Jerry Judy's like, catching seven yard passes now he's a possession receiver he's like a four catch 40 yards every game type guy and i'm not sure what his ceiling is at this point next to sutton and patrick and fant and the two running backs with how spread out and balanced this offense is that it's a bummer because i really want jerry judy to be a thing but i'm actually not so sure that he's not just tyler boyd now
2: well dk is, is judy jarvis landry or is judy keenan allen
3: well, I think I want him to be Keenan Allen, but I don't think that they have the offensive firepower to be Keenan Allen.
4: Yeah. You think you could get Hunter Renfro for Judy straight up?
2: <laughs> and so we're just going to ask, can so. you trade this guy for Hunter Renfro? <laughs> the Hunter Renfro <laughs> line? put <laughs> like the Mendoza line for the <laughs> uh, trades?
4: Oh, my God. I think, dude, this is a, I think this is an interesting one because, again, it's, it's like Judy, he's been this high, uh, highly thought of prospect at, back to Alabama. Then, obviously, he was the first-round pick. Um, he had a pretty good start to the season before he got hurt, and now he's back. I can't. I, I've come to the point where I can't trust anybody in the Broncos' offense. Like I don't feel good no. starting literally any of these players. Obviously, I'm out on Sutton. He's in the burn book, Craig. If you didn't listen, oh yeah, we
2: burned him while you were gone, Craig. Um, good. He was 95 yards since Jerry Judy's been back.
3: <laughs> I do. I do not trust barely more than Jerry Judy has, <laughs> or barely less than Jerry Judy has.
4: <laughs> I don't trust Sutton. He's out. I don't trust Judy. I don't trust either Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams because they're splitting work too much. I, don't, I definitely don't trust Bridgewater, and I don't trust Fant, and I don't even. The, the hardest part, this part kills me. I don't even trust Tim Patrick anymore, guys. This is tough.
3: Well, the um, weird thing about the Broncos is that they might be a good team and an even a decent offense, but I hate every single player in their team yeah, from fantasy. They just spread I still it out. Play yeah, any it's, of them.
2: it's true. It's it's like the whole team is kind of wasted fantasy entropy. It's like
3: so. I think Judy's honestly. I mean, hop in the Green Room on Sundays. Download the Green Room app, Spotify Green Room, and ask us if you should start Judy versus whoever else you're considering. But right now, I don't. I really don't think he's startable because he has no upside. He's a flex consideration, but he's not what you drafted him for for sure. It's been yeah. frustrating. All right, number
2: five. Look at me, I got there early. Number five, fantasy wild card, rest of the season, dude. It's Miles Sanders, man. Can you, let me just yep. pour one yep. out for the Miles Sanders managers this year. If you drafted Miles Sanders, I. I'm here for you. It's not your fault. Like <laughs> he had a double digit game in week one. It was good. He has not had double digits, at least in half PPR since week one. And we're talking about the Eagles. We're not running the ball when Miles Sanders was the running back. Like the Eagles had a game where they gave their running backs three carries, which I believe was the <laughs> fewest amount in the 21st century.
4: Yeah, that was like an all timer. Then Miles
2: Sanders got hurt and the Eagles became the number one run heaviest team in the entire league. Wally was freaking hurt, and Boston Scott was getting carries, and Jordan Howard was good in fantasy. Now Miles Sanders is back on all these defenses. They're like, no, you have to pass on us now. We're not going to let you run. Let's see if Jalen Hurts can throw. And Miles Sanders, once again, is still not had double-digit points. This,
4: like, this is like if I got hurt, and I had to take some time off, and you guys started a Bluey podcast without me.
2: <laughs> and then you came back. We're like, you know what? It's yeah. over that phase. And
4: you're like, actually, you know what? It, it ran its course. We're done. It was a limited series.
3: Yeah, it's like if DK leaves the ringer and then goes and starts a SpongeBob podcast without hyping. <laughs> <high facility. laughs> That's
4: exactly yeah. what it's like. So, um, yeah, the Sanders is a great one because I think there is a certain thing where, like, I'm like, he could have a massive, like, finish down the stretch here. He could be like a low end wide receiver, uh, running back one, and like it wouldn't surprise me at all because they run so much. I think he's talented. Um, the Eagles' offensive line beats up on people like they're big, physical. Um, they have the run element with Jalen Hurts that definitely opens things up. Um, but it also just wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if he continued to just be like kind of worthless. It's like this is the, the <laughs> definition of a wild card. I don't know what to expect from this. I think I'd he's lean. going to cut the brakes. I lean very s- slightly that I think he's going to have a big finish. So I'm hmm. going to be starting. Him.
3: It does suck that he has a buy in week 14, which feels weird mentally to like look yes. at. And there's a yes. buy in week 14, but he does have that.
2: All right, number six fantasy wildcard rest of the season, DK. Uh,
4: Sticking with the Eagles, Devontae Smith. Um, I think it's kind of the same deal. It's, uh, you know, as we were talking about with the Seahawks, where um, I trust the the talent. I think he's a very talented player, um, but the offense is just so low volume in terms of passing that it's very difficult for me to put Devontae Smith in the starting lineup. Even when he has big games, even the the day after, the next couple days after, I'm still like, I just don't, because I have him on a few teams, I'm like, I just don't think I can put him in the lineup. Like, if I, unless I absolutely have to. Um, you know, again, like, the underlying usage is strong. He has a big target share. It's like 20-something percent target share. That's all what you're looking for. But at the end of the day, like, Jalen Hurts is erratic as a passer. The team is extremely run heavy. They're going to have opportunities down the stretch with their schedule to be... um in leading scripts I think so they don't have to necessarily lean on their passing game so it's just baked in there's just so much volatil- volatility with Devontae Smith plus he's a rookie which is more volatility mm-hmm. um so like if I had to guess big finish versus sort of disappointing finish I'd lean on disappointing finish even though but I do think he has it in him to, to finish great like we've talked about how rookies finish strong um and I think he's a good player really good player but it just worries me
2: again so th- Craig, I don't know if you got to see the Giants Eagles game. Um, it was disgusting, and like, but the Giants held the Eagles really, I mean, in check the entire game. And yeah, yeah. at the end of it, Julian Love, who's one of the defensive backs of the Giants, said, uh, "Their game plan was to make Jalen Hurts throw." And he didn't say it like cockily. He just was like, "Yeah, that was the game plan." It was like, you know, Hurts, Hurts had a throw to beat us, and like it worked, and it made me really worried. For the Eagles the rest of the season. Like this is an important week for them, I think, because yeah. I mean, they're playing the Jets, right? I mean, they, if they don't if they can't beat the Jets, I'm worried for the Eagles the rest of the season.
4: Yeah, I mean it's like the Eagles they started out the season, There's was like one of those teams where you're like, oh, this team's not good. And then they kind of changed their identity and it and they started to get real frisky. But I still but I'm like, eh, maybe they're actually not that good. I don't know. It's hard to tell. But ultimately, I do think. They're going to run a lot down the stretch. And so, Devontae Smith, I'm just worried about.
2: All right. Number seven fantasy wildcard rest of the season. Craig.
3: Pains me to say this, but it's Mike Williams. Mike. Old Mike here. First five weeks of the season, he was the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy. First five weeks. Number one guy. Yeah, he
4: looked like a legit league winner. Yeah.
3: Since then, he's been the wide receiver 62. (laughs) brutal. Not been great. I don't think it's Mike's fault. There's a lot of factors that kind of go into this, honestly. It's the Chargers offensive line isn't giving Herbert enough time to throw deep anymore. Uh they're conservative, they're erratic. Uh, Herbert's like average uh depth of target or, you know, the the average pass this season has traveled seven yards past the line of scrimmage for Herbert. That's 33rd out of 39 quarterbacks this year. I mean, he's just not throwing the ball deep anymore and it's mainly a product of the line. So if the line can get healthier and everything can kind of come back together as they head towards a playoff run, like I, I do feel, I feel more confident that Mike Williams can bounce back than I do like Jerry Judy because I like the volume mm. that the Chargers throw with. Mike Williams is still... The deep play threat, the big play threat, not Judy. So I still think there's hope with this, but there's going to be highs and lows. Like it's basically how comfortable are you with a three point performance from Mike Williams um, if you can potentially get a 25 point performance the week after? And I, I honestly think that's what it's going to be like for Mike to risk.
2: I have real struggles starting Mike Williams in your important games. Like I, I, it's really hard for me to tell someone to do that. He's the probably when we do start sit the single hardest person to put a ranking on, obviously it's nice to like have your weekly rankings. Like we don't need, we need a range (laughs) like, because I, 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 there are so many players that I think really just genuinely will outscore him every week. And I think we're at the point where expecting the explosive game is more wishing than worth expecting.
3: Yeah. I'm definitely hoping for the Chargers to turn it around. Like I want it to happen more than I think it's going to happen.
2: Who's been the more disappointing Mike, Mike Williams or Mike Davis?
3: Okay, it's obviously Mike.
2: Davis. Obviously Mike Davis, but is it <laughs> worth to like have Mike Davis flatline on you immediately, or Mike Williams to like spike and like sh- give sh- like the Aladdin r- fly you up on his magic carpet and show you the world, and then like actually like what a loser! I can't believe you believed that.
3: Well, when we look back at Mike Williams statlin at the end of the year, he's going to have like seventy catches, eleven hundred yards, and like nine touchdowns. We'll be like, Mike was great last year. Yeah, we're gonna, it's going to average out to a regular season. <laughs> yeah.
4: There was a month plus here where Mike Williams looked like the best player in fantasy.
2: Well, we like, no, were like, oh, he's Michael Thomas. I, 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 yeah. And he wasn't. But I, I think what it comes down to really is the coaching staff and the young quarterback and just not adjusting to whatever defense has changed. I think they were like, you can't have the deep routes for Mike Thomas. And they just never figured it out. How and it I don't that.
3: think Herbert has any time anymore. The offensive line's not playing well. That as well. well.
2: Okay, number eight fantasy wildcard the rest of, rest of the season. I'm giving it to Odell Beckham, man. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... Was irrelevant as irrelevant as Odell can be. The most relevant right. thing he did the whole year was was inadvertently his dad Instagramming, and then everyone did and suddenly. LeBron James <laughs> is like free Odell, and I'm like, I didn't know he needed to be freed. Like he okay, and then <laughs> yeah, was, he's on
3: a playoff team. Like what's like, the
2: problem? Th- that team went to the divisional round like last year, but okay, uh, <laughs> like and it was closer than whatever the Rams did. But anyway. Uh, he went goes to the Rams and he did have like this big play last week and he did have a long touchdown and suddenly it's like dude is Odell like could Odell be like some incredible fantasy player down the stretch in December?
3: I think so, honestly. Yeah. I weirdly trust him. I said this a couple weeks ago. I with Robert Woods out, the Rams don't have a ton of options. Uh, Higby's not really doing a lot at least the way they're playing offense. Mm-hmm. And Ben Jefferson always
2: finds a way to screw up whatever's happening.
3: It's crazy <laughs> how if you watch
2: the Rams, how frequently something always goes wrong on a Tyler Higby play.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think Odell, I mean, teams are going to be focusing on Cup. I think Odell is going to be serviceable, honestly.
2: It's wild that Cooper Cup is going to absorb that for Odell, yeah.
4: I think, the, I think here's what Odell has going for him down the stretch. Number one, uh, I do think that the Rams offense is going to bounce back at least a little bit. Maybe not to see to the point where we saw them in the early part of the season, but they're not going to be as bad as they have been last th- three weeks or so. Uh, number two, they're, it's a very concentrated offense where Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, and now Van Jefferson are basically running all the routes. It's like they're playing a lot of uh, three-receiver uh, formations. And Odell's target rate is going to be strong. Like, in this last game when he played a full game, 24% target rate. Um, I mean, that's like top tier. That's top, that's high end. Um, Like, the best receivers in the NFL are like 30-plus, but like 24%, that's really good in an offense that's going to pass a lot and score a lot of points. They have been, over the season, a pass-heavy team, um, and he's good deep. I don't know. I just think that he, the situation is actually lining up pretty pretty well for him. Um, and we have all this like history of the last like two years of doubting him, but I do think like the situation it's going to work out for him. So I'm I'm bullish on Odell actually to have that high end of of the wild card side. All
2: right, number nine wild card player. Rest of the season, DK uh,
4: Chase Claypool. Is an interesting one. He's he's kind (laughs) of in the Jerry Judy mold where I if I have him on my teams, I'm like, God, do I want to start this guy? Like he he hasn't been he hasn't been as bad, um, or uh, he's not been like super disappointing. I'll put it that way. Like he's been fine, but he had been last year, particularly like this really high upside, exciting. Like you can have these spike games. I think he scored ten touchdowns, um, last
3: year. He has one touchdown this season. Did you realize that? if you showed me Mike Williams 2021 stat line and Chase Claypool's 2021 stat line and said guess who's going to do what this year I would have picked <laughs> Claypool to be Mike Williams right. the guy going like for 160 yards on 8 catches I was like oh it, it happened like he broke out Mike Williams is 28 and like it's, it's not going to happen yeah. Claypool puts up 8 points every single game despite being one of the most like unique deep threat guys but he's oddly the most consistent like Hunter fro y 9 points a game but who knows how he gets it but he always just ends up right in that range and it yeah. kind of it's, it's boring he, Honestly,
2: I'm not surprised yeah. by this at all. I'm going to be contrarian. I didn't like Claypool before the season. I said this and like... It is not Claypool's fault to be... Last year... No, I I I, I get that. I'm not saying... Like, he's really good. I'm just saying that like this Steelers offense is not... Like, he'd be great with a quarterback throws the ball up. But like, this is yeah. like not a good offense for him to play in. And like, again the stat line last year was totally ignored by the fact that he had four touchdowns in one game in a ridiculous cornerback matchup against the Bengals, I think it was where he just was a lot taller than the good dude guarding him He had four catches for four touchdowns. And like he had nine on the season, but like you didn't have him starting in that four touchdown game. So I, 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 this, I'm not surprised to be honest. Um, I would love for him to do good, but like, I think he would thrive with a different quarterback than Ben, like Herbert and Claypool would be dope, but like, that's not a thing.
4: Um, Catch totals in the last five games, three, five, three, four, two, five. He's like, he's kind of Deshaun Jackson. When you think about it, it's like you're going to get two or three catches a game. Hopefully he does something with it. Yep. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Which is what Um, Mike
2: Williams used to be. Maybe they're the same player.
4: Yeah. So it's just like, he's the type of guy. I think the upside's there, but it makes me nervous starting him. I'll put it that way.
2: Number 10 wild card player rest of the season. DK round us out here.
4: DJ Moore from the Panthers, uh, I think is actually kind of in a similar vein to a lot of these guys in the sense that like, I I trust the talent. I think he's awesome player. It wouldn't really surprise me that much if he has like a really strong, like last few weeks of the season or whatever. And like propels people in the playoffs. He's also a guy who I'm very nervous to plug into my starting lineup at this point. Cam Newton completed five passes last week, five. (laughs) I don't know for sure what the plan is here in Carolina. Like, I I haven't read into it deeply or whatever, but like obviously um there's been talk that Sam Darnold is getting closer to coming back. I don't know if they're ever going to bring Sam Darnold back in or roll with Cam the rest of the season. Obviously, they gave Cam a pretty good amount of money, so I imagine they'll just keep Cam out there. But I just think this offense is enough of a huge, massive question mark going into the second or like the, the home stretch here that it just becomes very tough to trust what DJ Moore is doing. Again, like we saw him in the beginning of the year, this guy has an elite ceiling. Um, but it's just like that uh, floor is very scary, too. Uh, he's averaging seven, 14.7 points per game. Like, that's pretty good. But I also just don't want to put him in my lineup. I but mean, the average feels
2: irrelevant because, like, yeah. it's Cam Newton now who got benched for P.J. Walker. So it's Cam Newton or P.J. Walker. And it's yeah. like, this is the Cam yeah. Newton we saw when he was like, I'm back. Like, this is Cam being back. Like, five passes. Like, he can't, like I'm sorry. Like, Cam can't really throw the ball very well at this stage of his career because of injuries.
3: It's just a target, like it's hard to bench the number one receiver on any team, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like even Brandon Cooks is doing well. And with Cam, DJ Morris had a hundred yards and then he's had fifty yards and a touchdown. So with 10 targets and seven targets. So I think it's still there. It sucks. It's not as pretty, but it is still there.
4: Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I think I lean. I think I lean slightly that he's gonna have a good stretch,
3: home stretch. They're also on buy next week, which is but a bummer. Makes me worried. Yeah. I just
2: think it's funny that, like, you would love to see your receiver get, like, oh, five catches for 100 yards, and it's, like, Cam Newton had, that was, like, Cam Newton's stat line as a passer. So, you know, that's never what you want. All right. A couple more. We're going to do 10 today instead of 12. I'm going to give you a couple bonus ones right here. Ooh. Which, I didn't want to put as wild cards because they're weird situations. First up is just A.J. Brown, who is not, yeah. like, playing. He's on injured reserve, and they're on buy. But, like, if you don't have IR spots in your league, like, do you cut him? He's coming back like a little the Christmas Eve Eve, I think, is when he's eligible. Like, has A.J. Brown been good enough to even warrant holding onto him for a bench spot if you're competing for a playoff spot for, to maybe make like the semifinals like three weeks from now?:
4: Yeah, I mean, is he a guy that once he gets healthy, you're actually going to want in your lineup anyway? Like that's the question here. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm I'm kind
2: of I don't know. Yeah. You have to, but like because he's A.J. Brown, but like, yeah, some you? cost. because he's like, do you really? <laughs> you don't have to do anything.
3: Yeah. I think he's in the running we got the, the fantasy rewatchables are starting to loom you know we're starting to craft that list I think run, he's in the running for most frustrating fantasy player in 2021 man yeah for sure I, for I, sure I, in all
2: seriousness like if you had AJ Brown like if you have an injured reserve spot it's very easy you put him on IR and you activate him if you guys had a bench spot and you're thinking about cutting him or like I'm trying to think of who's like another guy you might cut on like a competitive team Um, I was just like Jamal like, Williams but you now DeAndre Swift's out so that's a bad example
4: are you talking about potential cut candidate? Yeah, like right if now? you have to
2: cut someone to make an ad, and I'm wondering if you, would you cut AJ Brown or let's play a name game here, Rex Burkhead?
3: What? Burkhead. Okay, you,
2: I'm, I'm just gonna go up the list. Okay, AJ Brown or Sony Michelle? Michelle. Yeah. Okay, AJ Brown or um, Boston Scott? I would cut Scott.
4: I'd cut okay. Scott I don't think How, I'm cutting. I don't think I'm cutting AJ Brown. Still. You okay, can so,
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh, those are the easy ones. But I'm saying, what if you had to cut? Um, Jacoby Myers
4: versus AJ Brown. Ooh, yeah, that's a good question because Jacoby Myers is like guaranteed, just gonna get you ten. Well, you're not.
3: But you're not starting A.J. Brown currently, right? Like, he's just a guy on your bench. He's I'm on your bench. He's him. on injury reserve, and you don't have an IR
2: spot. Like, I, I want to go, where's the number? Where's the point of who you have to cut that you would cut well, A.J. Brown uh, instead of the person?
3: Honestly, the real it's a, it's, it's a case-by-case basis here, because if your team is good, then you hang on to him, because he's not eligible to come back until, what, week 16? That's yeah, the that's, fantasy semis. So if your team is really good, hold on to him. But if you suck and you need wins, then you got to probably that's cut
2: That's kind of what I'm saying. All right. Next fantasy wild card rest of the season. It's Amari Cooper. I don't, I, I, mm. I feel weird putting him here. Cause like he has COVID and you know, it's like, we are in a freaking pandemic. I'm not judging him for that. But like, first of all, his play was pretty inconsistent before the season, but now it's like, look, obviously the first, I hope he's okay. Apparently he's going to play on Thursday, which is a, actually shocks me because he's traveling with the team. I mean, Mike McCarthy said, so today's Wednesday, Mike McCarthy said Tuesday that Co- Amari Cooper was still not feeling the best and has a cough.
4: Why is I'm, he in the building? This is so bizarre to I kind
2: of can't. I don't really understand yeah. why he's traveling with the team. And like, he's testing his cardio on Wednesday to see if he'll play Thursday. If he plays, like, do you play him? Firstly, single digit fantasy points three of the last four weeks. You don't know how often he's, you know, what his cardio level's at, how right. he's going to be able to play. Like, this is the number one receiver. on one of the best offenses in the entire league. And you're like, is he even a fantasy starter for you in the most important part of your season?
4: I think he's kind of like AJ Brown. I'm like a wait and see mode here. Um, as soon as yeah. AJ Brown comes back, I might not even start him that week because it's so risky. And if you're in the semis, cause I think it would be the semifinals week, right? Um, you've probably gotten there without him. And frankly, you don't like need him in your lineup. So it's like, I think what the deal with Amari Cooper is like, I need to wait and see how they use him, how much he get, how much play time he gets, um, how this offense looks because it's been up and down. Uh, so he's the type of guy that I probably just wait and see how it goes. I'm not dropping him. I'm not going to drop A.J. Brown, but I don't trust him either and I'm I'm not starting either of these guys until we see, until we see.
3: And even when he's on the field, like you said, Heif, it's like it hasn't really been there. He's kind of honestly been touchdown or bust. There hasn't been a single game yeah. this year where he's had double-digit fantasy points without having a touchdown. Like, he's not racking up catches and yards like we're kind of used to seeing him do.
2: He's just like the lowest volume number one receiver on like a good team. It's like yeah. he's not in this Devonte class. He's not in Cooper Cup. Like he's not even close to that guy's. And honestly, there's probably another tier of number one receivers above that, too, that he's not. He just doesn't get a lot of the offense. So it's a lot of questions, Damari. Okay. There's your power hour. You guys want to get to some emails? Yeah. Let's do it. We had good emails this week. Emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com at if you've got fantasy courts, bad beats, fun facts. Medical advice, but only if you're actually a doctor, but we'll take medical school students too. Um, Australians, all Australians can send us emails. Lots of Aussie
3: comments. A lot or, of, uh, if you're content. on yeah, fantasy yeah. parent corner, whatever you got. Okay. We're going to power rank the, the, where our listeners are from next episode. We're going to do countries. <laughs> yeah. Right now, Australia's number one.
2: Okay.
4: Craig, you missed it on the, in the green room on Sunday. We had, uh, we had Hamish. We had an Australian guy come on and, and tell us how to say blue stone. He did it better than you. Uh, which oh, is damn. saying a lot it's saying yeah. a lot because you do it we really do well we
2: do Green Room starts sets at noon Eastern on Sunday so if you need start set advice we do it at noon Eastern an hour before the games kick off I mean, join Green Room Just follow any of us on Twitter we'll have a link for you on noon Eastern okay emails we're starting with Fantasy Court today All right. this is from I have lost who this is from <laughs> I'm so oh sorry oh my goodness what a, what a terrible start to this Fantasy Court let me Come pull on, this up Heifetz. oh my god Amateur While United he's looking, wait, runner. how
3: how good was the bluestone? Did he mention my bluestone? Did he say it was decent?
4: <laughs> I can't remember. Um, uh, it w- his was better. So I'll say uh-huh. that. Um, I think the thing that you need to get, Craig, and we talked about this on the on the thing is
1: okay. Australian
4: accent. It's like you have like an intonation, like you're asking a question. So yeah. when you say yeah. it, it's like blue stone, like I'm Ron Burgundy. It like, should yeah. be like
3: that, or it should yes, not be like it that. It should be. Yeah, so say, is Australian. It, say it,
4: say it, but you have to ask the like, question. Yeah.
3: Blue Stone? Yeah, yeah it is like a question. Perfect. Okay. The, well, the perfect, email was from Caleb. Pretty good.
2: <laughs> Caleb. You Caleb. Say, like, Caleb. Question, Sorry, Australian. I didn't hear you, it's Go ahead. It could sound like an Australian, like if you say Caleb like a question, it'd be like you're Australian. I'm not
4: doing it. I'm Craig can. Craig can. I was thinking about right. it. We're not. Okay. Anyway,
2: Caleb, Caleb seeks the fantasy court justice. All right. Caleb says I lost my game tonight by half a point, and I was playing against Russell Wilson. And on the final two point conversion play, he threw an interception, in which my league is negative two points. But it's on a two point conversion, so it doesn't count. And with like what? seven question marks, should this be counted as negative two points, or should I shut up? Your decision will be so the final. So he's saying in our it
4: did get counted as negative two.
2: It did not, and he would have won the other guy at Russell Wilson. So if the pick oh. got counted, this is weird. This is like a weird middle ground because like. Two point tries don't have stats, right. which yep. is like this weird loophole, but the only, like the yards aren't counted. I don't think it's even a completions counted, but if there's a two point conversion that's successful, that gets you fantasy points, just the two points. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sucks. Cause you're, suddenly, you have a play where only the guy can get positive, but if he screws up, he can't, there's no penalty. So I get yeah. why the, I get why Caleb was upset. I think I
4: think unfortunately, even though I'm I I would love it if Caleb had won on that play because something good has to come out of that. Um, I don't think <laughs> it should count as an interception because it's not an interception. Frankly, like officially, it's not an interception. It just isn't. Um, yeah. And I think the standard in, in the standard in leagues, which is not super obscure, is that two point conversions count for two, and that's it. Yeah, you don't um, get a
3: PPR
2: catch. It's right. So early. I just think yeah.
3: If it doesn't penalize the Seahawks, it probably shouldn't penalize your fantasy team. That's, that's, that's all right. Court. My
2: God, that, the ending to
4: that game. I just kept, I just kept posting, I just kept posting that, you know, that gif of the guy going, of course, of (laughs) course, (laughs) like everything that happened, they finally score a fucking touchdown.
2: Of course. I can't wait for DK to be nostalgic for this era when the Seahawks are awful.
4: (laughs) And then they miss the two pointer, of course.
3: Who the hell is the next Seahawks quarterback going to be? Is it going to be the what's his name, Matt Corral? How do you say his name? The old Miss kid, and he's just going to suck. And DK is going to be like, this is actually way worse than. it
4: look, they have no shot at Matt Corral. It's because probably going to be gonna, Baker, they, their, their number four overall pick is going to the Jets this year. So <laughs> kind of it's Russ not even going to happen. So thanks Russ for Baker
2: is best for
3: everyone involved. In my oh, opinion. Baker,
4: who's the uh, worst? Who's the worst quarterback that could end up being the CX quarterback next year? Big Ben, two. Like
2: realistically. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> Roethlisberger in Seattle. Pete, would be like who's the like, most?
4: Who's the most Pete Carroll quarterback that could be the Seahawks? Next dude,
2: year? wait! I, I would love a year with Ross and Pittsburgh and like Ben in Seattle, and you two have to just live with this. To be incredible.
3: Are the oh god, Russ and it's like would the parent be, trap love that? Yeah. Are the Seahawks going to like do that thing where they try and have like a gap year where they still try and compete and go get like a Bridgewater?
4: Oh, oh. I'm sure. I am sure. Actually, it's probably going to be Bridgewater.
2: Honestly. I love you call it bridge quarterback, but Bridgewater's just become the bridge quarterback. Yeah, you know, one of those guys, and you're like, okay. Talk about nominative determinism. Teddy Bridgewater becomes the bridge quarterback.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. sure. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now.
2: Go. We have another fantasy court. This is from Steve. 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 Love the show. My league has been around for a while, but this year we decided to switch it up and start a dynasty league. It has been great so far. We did have to add a new guy who wasn't Mm. in the league for the years before. The new manager that we added got drunk at the beginning of the MLB playoffs and bet his first round pick for next season, that's
4: all. That's like a ballsy fucking. And he's uh, in eleventh place, right so this now. is
2: going to be like the second pick in the draft. So oh, he no. bet his first round pick to another manager that the Braves would win the World Series, and he bet this before the playoffs. Wow! And he said if the Braves did not win, the other manager would get the seventh round pick.
3: That's the whole bet. He didn't so, take any odds with like, that. like, if the Braves win, <laughs> he's like, if the
2: Braves win, uh, what did he say? Oh, you get my f- first. Sorry, uh-huh. I'm screwing this up.
3: No, yeah, the other way around. If
2: the Braves win, this guy gets someone else's seventh-round pick. And if the Braves don't win the World Series, he had to give away his first-round pick.
3: So this man was so drunkenly confident that Atlanta would win the World Series. Good for you, Steve. And then, of course, the the Braves freaking
2: win, so this guy just picks up a seventh-round pick somehow. Like, Like, just, I don't know, like Russian roulette with five bullets and hits the one that's empty chamber. And then, so Steve writes... Mike so funny. My question is, is it fair to gamble picks within the league without the rest of the league being okay with it? They're essentially gambling our money by giving them a free first round pick. Hope to hear your thoughts.
3: Yeah, I had no problem with this. Wait, so he also, gave
2: up he
4: gave up his first round pick. That's that's what happened here.
2: No, he, no, 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 he's he, he got, got a, a seventh. seventh
3: but they're like if
2: the like if any other team won the world series this guy would have had to give up a first rounder is that okay
3: i'm confused at what how many picks are there in a dynasty draft each year cuz it's not a startup draft is there are there 7 rounds is i think right? sometimes
2: dynasty and keeper gets conflated i think that like dynasty is more like you have every player on your roster right. for like forever and some yeah. Keep, but sometimes keeper's more like there's an inflation cost I think sometimes though the terms get conflated, so it's probably oh, okay.
3: That. So, so this is more of like a a redraft keeper. Okay.
2: So my gut is obviously you probably should not be able to bet picks with each other. Why? It's your own pick. I'm kind of like, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no,
4: no, no, no. We've had we've had this discussion before that the league has to agree that you can, can that you can trade material objects for trap do remember when we had the, the discussion, someone one of my buddies traded a car for a player.
3: Yeah, but there's nothing material on the line here. That's but that's not traffics. like a
2: bribe. That's like you are betting on like you can do something and the winner, like, like, this comes down to faith, right? Like whether it's good faith or bad faith. And like I define that as, do you think this will make your team better or not? And so if I'm like, oh, I'll run with Craig in a race, I probably would lose. But like if I'll run Craig in a race and whoever loses gets each other's first round pick. Like if
3: I think I can win and I make this bet, it's because I'm trying to make my team better. You can be an idiot and make a bad bet. But if, I mean, he, if he thinks, he thought the Braves are going to win. So he's like, fuck it. I'm so confident. I'll put, the, I don't know why. That would be a problem. There's no collusion. There's no bad faith involved. It's a shitty bet. It's not
2: collusion like the car situation, but I also see why gambling picks is kind of like fucked up for the rest of the league because if someone thinks it's funnier to gamble picks than care about the league, then like suddenly you just... Like what if someone gambles all their picks and loses and someone just has two picks in every round?
4: Yeah, yeah. It's upsetting. So I guess... Yeah. The reason that that I brought up the car thing is because that's not... Like one guy's not getting anything. He's getting a car. That has nothing to do with the fucking league. Like in this case, <laughs> it's it's upsetting it's upsetting the balance of power in the league so much because one guy's getting a first round pick, the other guy's getting nothing. And typically when you have uh trades in dynasty or whatever, at least one guy is getting a player that they can use now. So it's like you know what I mean? It's like it's it's the, the balance of power isn't being completely like just one guy's getting all the power. I think there. this should to not me, be allowed
2: to stand. And the guy should not get the seventh round pick. And if he bitches about it, he should know that if he he would if the Braves lost, he would not have give, have to give away his first rounder either.
3: Yeah, to me though, this is no different than a bad trade. This is no different than somebody just trading Jonathan Taylor because they think he's gonna decline for Javante Williams. And everybody in the league is like, what the fuck, man? You're you're trading the best guy in the league for a middling running back. And the guy's like, hey. This is what I think is best. I think Javante's is going to take no, off.
2: I think it's different though, because
3: what we always say is like, you have a
2: right to be stupid. Like that's really what <laughs> freedom comes down to. You have the right to make your own decisions, even if they're really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. If, and in fantasy, you have a right to make a trade, no matter how much you disagree, as long as this person genuinely believes it'll make your team better. But that's within the context. I think I agree with DK. That's within the context of, football like f- the NFL and fantasy football performance if you're like I, I see where DK is coming from that like the idea of like oh like like suddenly if you start to be like oh I think this is in the best interest of my team because I really know what's going to happen to the price of Bitcoin tomorrow suddenly like <laughs> what are we even doing here <laughs> I, don't, I don't
4: like the idea of uh, people betting on draft picks I, I I think I think for this to have for this to be legal for this to go through I think the league should have agreed on it beforehand yeah you have to before get before the, the Braves approval. won the fucking because it could be
2: funny like like right. I, I think there's a way to do it like imagine if your beer mile punishment isn't just for the last place it's for like the two last people in the matchup and maybe like the person comes at 11th gets like a certain amount head start and then whoever w- wins the beer mile gets like a better first round, like there's a way you can make a bet that's funny. It's just everyone kind of needs to agree before you just start throwing first round picks the, the, all over the place. The
4: Dynasty League is a it's a zero sum game because whatever. Yeah. But then when you like bring in this outside thing that doesn't matter, it like fucks up the balance, I feel like, personally.
2: Yeah. Also okay. the reality is you're gonna have a couple people in your the, the real like like we're sitting here talking theoretically. The real answer is you're gonna have people in your league who get bored and think this is really funny. Or drunk. And start fucking up the league. <laughs>
3: Or they do a power hour. Yeah.
2: Or they do a power hour. Okay. All right.
3: All right you guys have it. convinced me. I, I think this, the, the, you
2: can't, we're rejecting this, Steve. You're not allowed to approve this trade. No, everyone keep their picks. All right. Court dismissed. Yep.
3: Bring in the dancing lobsters. Bring in the dancing lobsters. All right.
2: Let's get to things that matter. Australian accents. It's an email from Jake. 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 Jake says I changed my iPhone Siri voice to the Australian woman a few months ago. I have not regretted it since 10 I'm gonna out of 10 do this. I,
4: I don't even use Siri, but I'm ac- I'm really excited about doing I did
2: this. this as soon as I opened this email. Let me see if I can summon her. I've never I don't really do the Hey Siri thing. I'm getting a phone call right now. It's not my dad, <laughs> though. All right. Hey Your Siri. Your dad calls
4: every podcast. They swear to God.
3: Um how are you doing? I'm
4: fine. Thanks. Get, no, her, to, get her to say blue stone. Yeah, can uh, you
3: say hey Siri, say blue stone or something? Hey Siri. Can you read me the Wikipedia
2: page for Bluestone?
1: Bluestone is a cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Blue stone. laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. I'm That's
4: definitely funny. doing this. My girlfriend has it uh, set as the British guy. And it's oh, pretty delightful. Yeah.
3: yeah. A little trouble in paradise there, DK? Oh
4: hey, look. I, you know. <laughs> it's just like it's a. It's like. On the other side of the tracks or whatever, like just it's her deliance over there. It's like, you know, I don't, I can't do a British accent. It's her little vacation to someone who does a British
3: accent. I had it's a British accent. Totally, too. It's totally fine. I totally care. all right. To I'm East not mad room. about it. Don't write no. in the newspaper that I'm mad about it. <laughs> you get home and she's watching the crown. You're like, again?
2: <laughs> oh my Fucking God. Fucking Hugh God. Grant
3: again? My brother <laughs> had, and it was
2: in the, he, he proposed um, earlier this year and in the middle of the, um, like while he was ring shopping, they watched the episode of The Crown where they like take out the the the, the royal jewels,
3: mm.
2: and his now fiance was like her eyes wide, and he was like, "Oh shit, I gotta oh, get a is bigger gonna ring." Go poorly, <laughs> yeah, <you can't. laughs> like, he's like, "I don't think my price range is correct."
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm changing it to the Australian woman. Thanks for that tip, Jake. I like all right, it.
2: Hell yeah, Jake. All right. Lastly, a fun fact from Matthew, Matt, this Matthew. Is all caps. He writes. <laughs> all caps this is the entire email no one knows concretely where eels come from or how they reproduce to this day it is still a mystery
4: i thought this was a great one and it it did send me down like the rabbit hole or whatever because so basically it all started and i guess this was like a thing on the internet or tiktok or whatever while talking
2: about eels here like sea snakes
4: eels Eels. uh there's a specific kind of eels that they were talking about basically this guy on tiktok um was like I heard this about this a
3: while ago. I thought yeah. this was debunked.
4: So it, let me let me go through it and I'll tell you exactly what happens. So basically, this guy was saying like that we don't know how eels reproduce. We've never seen it before. Uh, when you d- dissect an eel, they don't have reproductive organs. Blah blah blah. Like basically, just like don't know where eels come from. They've never observed eels reproducing or like hatching or whatever it is that they do. They just the eels <laughs> are there. Like there's just eels and they okay. don't know where they come from. Um, and so it was like this totally mind boggling thing because basically like the eels, number one, not only do they live in both freshwater and saltwater, which is like the other thing that was blowing this guy's mind on TikTok. He was like, I, I wake up and the first thing I think about is how they live in both saltwater and freshwater. I don't get it. Um, but it's like also to, it's
2: like, if you live in LA and you like spend your time on the West side and in Silver Lake, which
4: is the same day. <laughs> I, that's an LA joke. I don't really get, but, um,
2: but you laughed. That was polite.
4: I, it was, I was being polite, but basically, so the eels, what this guy says is the eels, they go to the Bermuda Triangle, no joke, they all go to the Bermuda Triangle, and then they don't know where exactly they go in the Bermuda Triangle, and then all of a sudden the new eels show up. Like, then the new eels, the new so eels all are the there. eels
3: are kind of like DK Metcalf, they're all just having foursomes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the eels get sent home, it's but most eel. of them, most of them join it. Um, <laughs> they get ejected however the I will records. say so yes Craig you were right I, I, I it was somewhat debunked it
2: wasn't well, necessarily science, completely no, I looked into this because this seemed ridiculous and the scientists the, the scientists the scientific community waited because they don't have anything bigger going on right now and they said um, this TikTok is really upsetting to our profession and I can't believe we're going to have to do this forever but uh, this is ridiculous we obviously know what parts of the eels produce sexually we literally have eels in captivity and, and we yeah. get them to reproduce so we know that however they admitted that part of the TikTok was true in that they don't have any clue where this type of eel reproduces in the wild. They right. can't find them in their breeding ground, which, if you think about it, is really just like banging in through the door while someone's having sex, which is like the first scene Tyrion's in a Game of Thrones is like, you know, you know what a door in a whorehouse is for, brother? Like, that's really what we're trying to do, the eels. We're trying to find where they're at. Which I don't know if you guys up. remember
4: this. I, I I said this. I One of my favorite things about nature, like my favorite genre of nature shows is where the scientists are trying to find, like, where all these animals show up in the same spot every fourth year. And like, no one can figure out why the fuck they, why they do this, how they do here. It's like how cicadas,
3: cicadas (laughs) come out every 13 or 17 years. How do they know to show up to this spot? (laughs) Did we
2: talk about the cicada thing here? Because I'm in D.C. now and and the cicadas are crazy. Is it over now? This was a cicada year, yeah. Well, in D.C., the city proper was fine. The suburbs, it was actually like a noise issue. Like, it was Mm. crazy. Like, harmful to your ears. It was louder than like a lawnmower. But here's the thing with The cicadas, it's 13 and 17 year cycles because Mm -hmm. it's a a theory is that it's prime numbers and that it's evolution. And basically all the cicadas that were on other number cycles died out because other predators evolved to come out with them and chase them down. But prime numbers are just prime numbers. Like they don't, you know what I mean? It's like, there's not like an easily replicable cycle. It has to be 13 or 17. There's no overlap. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Which is crazy.
3: See, you know, so these these species are just operating on a higher plane than us sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're very smart, to
2: be honest. I I, like like there's there's an incredible like you know chip uh, uh, prairie dogs, Mm -hmm. like have a language, like they have words, like like we just hear like oh that's nice, it's barking. It's like they have words (laughs) like eagle, fucking get Get down, down. (laughs) duck, duck, eagle, 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 and like they tested this. And they have a word for black or white. So, like, it's a black, which is like a hawk. So, black bird, sky monster means hawk, or like white one means like eagle. And it's like wolf. They have different tones, different pitches. They have words. The older ones teach the younger ones. Like, we're like, holy shit, we're not even the only species with a language,
3: dude. My God. (sighs) Maybe they have fantasy leagues.
4: Do you think they have fantasy <laughs> pro dog leaks? Do you think they have podcasts?
3: Did you guys know that Lisa Ann, the former porn star, maybe current porn star, I'm not actually sure. Do you know she has a fantasy football radio show on You Sirius? could Google it, Craig. Yeah, uh, Craig. Do you guys knew that? I, I just found I that. I did out. not know that. I did not know that. She like calls fantasy football like her new life passion. Wow. Cool. She Should loves we bring her on the pod? I, if we get her, that'd be great.
2: No, nah, we don't do guests a lot. That would be pretty that'd be pretty good.
3: We we have one guest in our entire show's history, and it's Lisa Ann. <laughs> Crossover. Oh my god!
4: Um, uh, yeah. Anyway. So, anyways, I thought the eel story was interesting. Yeah, I think the important thing to remember here, Hyfitts, is not that it was necessarily completely debunked, but they don't know, they can't find where these eels are coming from. Oh
2: well, that, this is the this is cool. What's funny, Craig. Are we allowed to reveal what the next rewatchables is? Because I got to be honest, what happened with the scientists? debunking the tiktok kind of like the next rewatchables as we were discussing
3: actually. i don't think it's i don't think anyone said it yet so no you can't <laughs> but you know what i'm saying though like the next rewatchables
2: <laughs> the convert like oh wow interesting like some of this is true and some is very false but like yes but at the end of the day be? that's tiktok
3: it's an entertaining tiktok and that is is that not the point that you were entertained i was definitely entertained because I, I, I read about was very you.
2: upset that they have to spend the rest of their lives debunking tiktoks instead of like doing science
3: well, um, unlike the movie, you can figure out what how these eels reproduce. You probably can't figure out f- for sure you know w- <laughs> what happened in this movie. Are we able to talk about
2: this or are we going to get fired if we post this conversation about the rewatchables?
3: Well, we haven't said what the movie is. Just don't say the name of the movie.
2: <laughs> okay. There you go. Can I reveal that it's about the, the Great Eel sex migration or will that give it away? No, you can't. The Great That's
4: Eel it. Orgy <laughs> in the Bermuda the great Triangle. All right. <laughs>
2: Wow. Well, DK Metcalf being an eel is really like, I didn't see that coming, but I don't know how we got there. I didn't think that would happen when we started this podcast, but here we are. All right. That's definitely all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK Metcalf. Thank you to that only fans model who put that on Instagram. Thank you, eel scientists. And of course, thank you to the eels themselves. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne.
4: Uh, thank you. Electric light orchestra. Oh, like, oh that's excellent. Yeah. I was thinking, Wait, like, electric electric EELs orchestra.
3: What's that? What was your Spotify rap, DK? Was that an everybody? Everybody has to name the top band they listen to.
2: Hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, my. Also, if you had our podcast on Spotify Wrapped, you have earned our eternal love. Yeah, and if you, tweeted yeah, that was us, we really cool. You.
4: People were tweeting at us. It was super cool. That's in
2: all seriousness. That's actually awesome. Like I actually really truly appreciate it if you we were on your Spotify Wrapped.
4: Yeah, we should have a competition to see who listened to the most episodes. Because there was one guy who was like a hundred something.
3: I believe it gives you minutes to listen to. Whoever's the leader in minutes, let me pull We'll, get, we'll send you something. We will. <laughs> we'll send you something. If you're number one in minutes, I like My that.
2: number one song was Ferris Wheel by Sylvan Esso.
3: No, I was gonna say who's Ooh, your number one, one artist? Who's your number one artist? Uh, I'm
2: boring. I think it might was Drake. It was boring. Although honestly, I think it was Dua Lipa because I listened to a lot of um, music in the car with my girlfriend's phone. So I, the real answer is Dua Lipa, 100 percent DK,
3: you'll love mine. What was yours? Krungbin. Yeah, me too actually, wait, Craig. We both had
4: Craig. Uh, I tweeted this. I was in the top 1% of their listeners this year. Me
3: too. Hell me yeah. Did it. Hell yeah. yeah. That,
4: Let's wait, go. are
2: both in the 1% for <laughs> Krangvin? I don't have pronounce
4: it. We're we're Craig and I are going on like a Mormon mission to like spread the word
2: about this band. Um <laughs> Yeah, dude, we're, I, we're I, a there, I evangelist. Texas so- I love the Texas Sun <laughs> song.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, with Leon Bridges. I like their more instrumental stuff. I they're honestly it's the best cook. I love the cook and it's the best cooking music I've ever come upon. It's great. It's so relaxing. I was going to say I that. You're so, both in the 1%? Wait, DK, c- can we compare our minutes? How many minutes are you at? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Knows. Let me pull
4: it up. I don't know how to find this. How are you guys finding this?
3: It's on the Spotify app. DK, I'm we work for Spotify. You can't admit <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> <eat> <laughs> on.
4: Here's wrapped. Okay.
3: Well, DK, just conveniently open that up super easily. Oh, yeah. This is so easy. Navigate to that page.
4: page. I love this. It's like a little uh, video. Okay. I spent a total of 1,082 minutes.
3: Oh, you beat me. Ha! No wonder
2: it, it took him so long to use the thing. No wonder he spent all the time doing it. Listen, <laughs> I didn't know
4: exactly which slide it was on. I'm sorry. I was having to frickin' go through these slides. Yo, you want to create a blend? I didn't memorize the slides for my 2021 rap. okay? They have Jeez. that this year. We can
3: create a blend um, playlist. Oh, it'll make a playlist out of our favorite songs collectively? And we can Ooh, share it with actually idea.
2: the listeners who made it this far as a I like this idea.
3: Or we should share them separately, and then people can vote who has the best. I will lose. I'm <laughs> disappointed with mine.
2: Taste. I'm disappointed with mine. I I I I would. I, I don't even like my. My other number rap one this year.
4: song this year, for the third straight year, by the way, was "The Misty Mountains," which is from the Hobbit. Oh, for your kids. Uh, song and sorry from the Hobbit tr- uh, soundtrack, and it's because, for all you parents out there that haven't heard this before, because I I've, I've talked about this several times, and I've actually gotten emails that confirm what I discovered: Misty Mountains. And it's by Richard Armitage and the Dwarf cast is the best thing. It is like batting a thousand at getting a crying baby to stop crying, which is babies. are. It's like, that's worth its weight in gold. That's worth a Spotify at uh, whatever subscription in its own. Like that is nothing more valuable than getting a baby to stop crying. Why
2: does it put your kid to sleep?
4: If you listen to it, it's very like rhythmic and hypnotic. It's them basically doing like really deep guttural chanting. In harmony, and like every time I turned on, Calvin would just like he'd snap out of it and start listening to the song, and he'd be like, "Oh," and then he'd like just like listen to it, and I I listened to it on repeat for literally hours and hours and hours. I'm kind of surprised it's like third straight year because I haven't listened to it as much this year because he isn't. It's like he's a toddler now, but apparently it's still up there.
3: What's your favorite ELO song?
4: What's this? It's like Don't Stop Me or Don't Don't Don't, oh, don't, don't Bring don't, me, me, down. me Down Yeah that one. Don't Bring Me Down That's don't probably mine too.
3: I also love Evil Woman.
4: Ooh, that's a good one. So. I celebrate their entire catalog.
2: Parade. I like Mr. Blue Sky.
3: Mr. Blue Sky's great.
4: Oh,
2: actually that I'm gonna change my answer. That's my favorite. I like that Shout one. Shout out ELO. Okay. Um, I think that's all we got. You know what ELO's kind of like? Eel which is really what we're talking I said about. that eel that, That's
3: what eels say when they have <laughs> sex. They go, Oh. Yeah. Good one. E-L-O.
2: Eels getting some O's. Goodbye, everyone. Eel orgasm, eel o face. Yeah, thanks. Uh, People, it was better when people could have figured it out. It's probably more rewarding that way.